This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. The Liberals are busy trying to turn the page from the blackface scandal. The latest polling shows that the Conservatives did get a bump as a result of the furor, but not a huge bump. And both of the leading parties are focusing on bread and butter issues. The Liberals actually seem to have copied at least one Conservative proposal. And the Conservative measure for seniors released last week was totally overshadowed by those black and brown face pictures, which is why Conservative leader Andrew Scheer gave us a brief interview about half an hour ago. So I'm going to give you the numbers and we will get to your calls after we take a look. Listen to him. The number is 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. And uh, here's my chat with Andrew Shear. Andrew Shear, thanks for being with us. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me on the show. Okay, so last week, Justin Trudeau's blackface scandal overshadowed your announcement about measures to help seniors. And it's also giving you a small bounce in the polls. Uh, but there are also a lot of people who say it's not important what Justin Trudeau did. What do you say to those people? Well, I believe that anytime uh, someone uh, lies to Canadians about what they've done in their past, uh, it's important. It's a matter of trust. Uh, Justin Trudeau has consistently applied a set of rules to other people that he doesn't apply to himself. And I think people see the duplicity, uh, the, the the fakeness, the phoniness of, of how he conducts himself, and, and, and it leads to questions about his uh, honesty and integrity. That's what I've been hearing. So I, I know that Canadians are, are looking now at uh, our party and what we're offering, and so it's important for my, my focus for the next few weeks will be to ensure that uh, people get our positive message about how we're going to make life more affordable and help them get ahead. And the contrast between uh, a, a prime minister who's mired in scandal and corruption and, and myself, who is focused on making life more affordable, I believe will, uh, will be a very clear contrast and that Canadians will, will support our plan. Do you think it should have given you a, a bigger bounce? You know, I don't really read too much into polls in between, uh, you know, during the election campaign. Uh, there, there, there's so many things going on. There are so many announcements. And I think, uh, you know, closer to election day when people sit down with the party platforms and, and kind of after supper go through it and, and see what they like. I believe that's when a lot of people are going to make up their mind. I'm very encouraged by the feedback I've been getting across the country. Our candidates are telling us that so many people said they voted liberal in 2015 and they were so disappointed with what they got that they're ready to vote for us this time. And it's up to me to seal the deal in the next few weeks. So what are you offering for older Canadians? Well, we have a, a variety of measures that speak directly to seniors. Uh, I announced that as Prime Minister, I will increase the age credit, which will benefit uh, seniors, especially low- and middle-income seniors. Uh, we're promising to cancel the carbon tax. We know that seniors and people on fixed incomes are hit the hardest by the carbon tax. We're also going to take the GST and HST off of home energy bills. So again, leaving more money in the pockets of, uh, of Canadian seniors to help them get ahead. In terms of the age credit, uh, that doesn't help people whose incomes are so low that they, they don't pay tax. 
the liberals, on the other hand, unveiled some measures that really would put um, more money in the pockets of those people, the 10% uh, increase to old age security and the increases to survivor benefits for spouses. Well, we are going to have more to say uh, in the, throughout the campaign. I will just always point out that you can never trust what Justin Trudeau says on these types of things. Uh, he's raised taxes on seniors. Uh, he's hiked CPP premiums. He's canceled tax relief for seniors that use public transportation. His carbon tax will add 31 cents per litre to the price of gasoline. So with Justin Trudeau, it's, it's, it's always a shell game. It's always a promise to give with one hand, but uh, always take with the other hand. The, you, can, you can trust his tax hikes. You certainly can't trust his tax cuts. Okay, so you're promising to lower the tax rate on the lowest bracket to 13.75%. The Liberals are now promising to increase the basic personal amount that's tax-free to $15,000. So first, do you think they're copying you, and is your offering better? Well, uh, it's quite clear that in the, in the recent days when they're just rocked by these scandals, uh, following up on their corrupt uh, practices in the past, uh, it is quite clear that they are desperate to, to try to copy some of our ideas. Uh, I, I propose the idea of making maternity leave benefits tax-free. Uh, Justin Trudeau uh, copied that, even though he voted against that in the House of Commons, and now on, on lowering personal income taxes. But they can't get it right because our plan is more generous. Uh, it will be more beneficial to uh, Canadians, and especially Canadians in uh, who are earning the, the average income in Canada, and ours will be implemented much more quickly. But at the end of the day, I, I, you can't you can't trust Justin Trudeau to actually deliver. Uh, he made this promise in the last election to lower taxes on the middle class, and under his policies, the middle class are actually paying higher taxes today. Eighty percent of middle class Canadian families are paying more in taxes today than they were in 2015. So again, it comes down to trust. You just cannot trust Justin Trudeau to do what he says he'll do. So is the election about making life more affordable and the promises, or is it about your character versus his? I think the, the, the ballot question is shaping up to be, who do you trust to make life more affordable so you can get ahead? On the issue of trust, people cannot trust Justin Trudeau. He lied to Canadians. He looked directly into the camera, and he said that he had nothing to do with the SNC-Lavalin affair. We now know that he outright lied promised Canadians in 2015 that he balanced the budget this year. He's failed to do that. He's broken that promises. So you can't trust Justin Trudeau. So when the various policy announcements are made and and you look at what what is being offered and which party will actually deliver, it's quite clear that only a Conservative government led by me can actually make life more affordable for Canadians. There was an independent think tank that looked at the Liberal promises and said that uh, a good percentage of them were actually delivered. Well, he's actually got a lower success rate than previous governments. Uh, he's, he's hovering around the, the 50% mark. And, you know, a lot of it was uh, uh, the, the big, you know, the, the bigger promises that he had made, he's failed to, to implement. You know, he was quite, quite clear that he, he I mean, his phrasing was so uh, compelling back in 2015. He looked right into the camera and said he's being as honest as he possibly could be that he balanced the budget in 2015. He hasn't done it. Um, he, he promised that 2015 would be the last election under first past the post, that he changed our election system. He didn't deliver on that either. So the really big pieces that he, he really staked his reputation on, he's failed to deliver on. So as a result, people know that they can't trust him. Now, on the issue of believability, so you have said repeatedly that you would not reopen the issues of gay marriage and abortion. 
I have to tell you that I hear from a lot of people who just don't believe you because you're reluctant to share your personal beliefs on these matters and to tell them whether your beliefs have changed since you spoke out 15 years ago. So what do you say to those people? Yeah, well, actually, uh, quite the contrary. I've, I've always been open about my, my personal beliefs. Uh, I've never uh, hid that. It's just quite clear that as Prime Minister, uh, I have to ensure that I'm governing on behalf of all Canadians and that uh, uh, and that we're not going to reopen these issues. On the subject of, of gay marriage, of course, society has moved on. I have moved on. Uh, we had uh, two elections on this issue. There were uh, debates. Yes. Pe- people had uh, positions on both sides, uh, and Canadians had their say. And, uh, and I've made the commitment that we're not going to reopen these types of questions and that uh, gay marriage is, is uh, same-sex marriage is the law of the land. It will continue to be. I will always stand up for LGBT rights uh, across the country. So you support gay marriage? I absolutely support uh, uh, maintaining the, the, the laws as it is right now. And, and as I said, I've, I've moved on. Society has moved on. And uh, I'm going to ensure that uh, that, that uh, LG, LGBT Canadians have the exact same rights, exact same treatment under the law. Uh, as everyone else, I'm going to fight and be a champion for those uh, equality rights. In terms of abortion, there is no law in Canada. Um, you've said that you would allow people in your caucus to bring it up. Well, on this on this particular point, nothing has changed for our party. Our party has always been uh, respectful of the fact that people have a diversity of opinions and a diversity of views on this issue. Uh, that is, uh, we are the only party that accepts that. We don't uh, force everyone to form their uh, personal beliefs with 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 Justin Trudeau's views on these things. However, as Prime Minister, I've made the commitment that I will not reopen this debate, and as such, I will vote against attempts that, that aim to do so. So I believe it's in a healthy democracy, you, you know, you want to make sure that people uh, have the ability to hold hold their own views, uh, but that uh, as a that, but that Canadians can have confidence, as they did when we were in government before, the Conservative Party uh, you know, the Conservative uh, government, the Prime Minister, uh, voted against attempts to reopen the, this attempt. That's what I will do, uh, uh, reopen this debate, and that's what I will do in the future. Okay. Andrew Shear, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So now it's time to unpack what he has been telling us and to put it to the test. I'm also going to take calls from you. The numbers 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. I'm here with our Zoomer vote panel, and that is Peter Mugridge, senior editor of Zoomer magazine, and David Kravitz, vice president of Zoomer Media, and our demographics guru. I would also like to welcome Marissa Lennox of CARP, uh, and she is going to have a look at those senior offerings and be able to compare it to what the liberals are, are promising to give us. Now, first off, Zoomer vote guys, the scandal certainly had an impact on the numbers of the votes, because normally we get about 100 new votes over the weekend. This weekend, we received 1,678 additional votes. Um, What do you make of that? And what do you make uh, of the result of that? Because uh, these votes uh, have given the Liberals an even larger lead than they had before among Zoomers. Should I go first? Yes. <laughs> got the short straw. I go first. Um, we had an e-blast promoting the poll, um, and we have a very responsive audience. So to some extent, I'm not 
Uh, I, I don't think it was just the scandal that, that provoked this. Um, I think we heard on your show last week, toward the tail end of last week, Libby, there was a lot of call-ins that were supportive of, of uh, uh, Justin Trudeau. So again, I'm not uh, surprised the liberals have maintained their lead. I'm a little suspicious of the margins here because over the weekend it was 75-20 uh, for the Liberals, the NDP had only 2%. So uh, I look at this as a an organized uh, effort to uh, flood the flood the zone. Oh. And I think Peter has done some other work looking at the Facebook posts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very similar wording on every post. So oh. I'm a little bit... Uh, oh, okay. Scant. So you think there was a campaign. An interesting... Uh, I had a couple of conversations with uh, Zoomer Magazine editor-in-chief Suzanne Boyd and she also said that that most of the uh, Facebook and comments were people supportive of Trudeau mm-hmm. after the blackface thing. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so it does look like maybe uh, the Liberals got together and did a little to, bit of a to campaign. To be clear, I'm not suggesting the opposite or that this has hurt them. I'm not suggesting our audience mm-hmm. is not supportive of Trudeau. I just think. Week after week after week, we were trending 40, 30, 40, 30, 40, 30, and over the weekend, it's 80, 20. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the part of it that I'm a little bit suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> and and you're right. On Free For All Friday, most of the callers were supportive of Trudeau or were saying that it wasn't important. But, you know, I, I sort of say that those who were offended were offended a lot. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. And, and I think that this issue, you know, it seems to resonate with that conservative tagline. He's not as advertised. I think it's uh, almost more than the thing of itself is the the fact that it goes to him, makes him look like a hypocrite, as Max Bernier said on this show. So, Peter, what what did you find? Well, you know, I I looked at our Facebook comments and uh, we had triple the amount we usually get. So that was one indication that the the Liberals were doing a full-on... sort of uh, repair Trudeau image campaign. And, and, and the, the comments in the Facebook, um, you know, the, the Facebook comments were, they, they all had sort of a, uh, not all of them, but they had a similar phrasing and similar idea. And, and it, it seems odd that such a, uh, you know, an overflow of people could, could say the same thing in the same words. Okay, and, yeah, so and, the somebody sent language. Yeah, I, I think so. And, and I'd, what I'd like to do is track these people because they, they're not generally on our site. I, I don't recognize the names. I'd like to track them around to the various social media sites and see whether it was a concerted effort. And, and, and I, whether I, or not they're bots. <laughs> well, I, you know what? I, I talked to the IT guy, and he said he said each vote came with an IP address, so it, it wasn't it wasn't sort of a hack, but he called it a brigade. So, uh, <laughs> so they it was it was definitely a team effort. I, you know, I sort of get out there, say something on, and and try to tip the polls back in favor of Trudeau. <laughs> The good news is that in a month's time, Canadians will have an opportunity to go to the polls. And I think that that's one of those issues that could potentially sway the election. And it's only a matter of days before we decide or before Canadians decide. Okay, I want to take some phone calls. But uh, Marissa, you've heard Andrew Scheer and uh, maybe crunched his numbers versus the liberal numbers that we crunched last week. You know, what's your take? I think... um, 
one of his proposals, the tax credit, isn't an issue that's going to sway the election. I don't think it's the type of thing that's going to the get the age credit. Sorry, mean. the age credit rather yeah. um, isn't going to sway the election. It's not the type of policy that's so significant it's going to get seniors out of the house and 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 at the ballot box voting. Um, I think. Every dollar counts. But as you said in that interview, Libby, if you don't earn income or your income is so low, you wouldn't benefit from it. So if that's all they're offering for seniors, I think they really need to step up their game. Okay. The GST on home housing, that I think is is more significant because that's cash back in their pocket. Yeah. And uh, there's also the uh, the lowering of the taxes on the on the lowest bracket. Mm hmm. Um, but Trudeau has a similar. I think we're hearing a lot of promises from all the parties. And you know what? Every, each promise is better than the next. It's an election <laughs> period. And, and seniors are an important voting block, right? Like no they're kidding, the ones that yes. go out and vote. When we survey our members, 98% of them say that they vote. So, you know, from CARP's perspective, this is a large demographic. And we're not sure that any one of the parties really gets the seniors voting group. It feels like every party is sort of just throwing darts at the wall, um, as opposed to having a comprehensive plan, a national senior strategy to deal with right. this aging demographic. Right. They, okay. they all have very specific environmental strategies, but where's their senior strategy? You know, and it's also so interesting to your point there, Peter. In a recent CARP survey, we asked our members what the most important issues were to them. The first was healthcare, the second was right. the environment, and the third was access to affordable drugs. So, you know, we'll wait to see where each of the parties land on, on well, those subjects, right? Yeah, and, you know, in terms of that comprehensive plan, one thing the Trudeau Liberals did with the expanded child credit that they went into the last election with is that it replaced a whole kind of smorgasbord of difficult to navigate programs. And you're right. I don't understand why they keep throwing little things in dribs and drabs instead of making it a cohesive whole. Because they've always looked at the demographic as a check the box. Oh, it's election time. Seniors. Hmm. Okay. This one. Okay. Got on to the next group. And in between times, uh, we are in a society here where for the first time ever, we have more people over 60 than under 15. First time we've ever had a parent and child both on CPP. So like, what are you doing all year long as opposed to once every four years? The, the Liberals announced this morning $6 billion over four years um, as a down payment on the health care system. But what does that mean? Greater support, supports for home care, they say, mental health. We know that these are real issues. There are real policy gaps here. But where's the money going to be spent? And also, how are they going to pay for that? That's another well, issue our and, members care about. And how does that – Andrew Scheer has committed to increasing – transfers every year he's in power by at least three percent i don't know how much that adds up to but it, it's kind of just big numbers being and our members care about what legacy is left for their children and their grandchildren and ensuring these things are fully costed so that you know we're not leaving a massive deficit to the next generation okay let's take a couple of calls we've got bill in toronto hi bill hi that, that's marissa sent you uh yeah simcue yeah. lennox <laughs> Okay, um, I uh, admired her reporting that she did when she uh, used to do uh, the last campaign after Trudeau. I don't think he would speak to her. He used to run away from her, didn't he? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say is, to you. Is he referring to your past life, Marissa? <laughs> no, I don't know no, what to say to you, Bill. <laughs> I, honestly, I admire her work. 
Thank you. No, listen, I, I'm uh, CARP's obviously a nonpartisan organization, so it's my goal to work with with all parties and with all levels of government now. <laughs> and and yes, and she's saying that Trudeau is offering better goodies for uh, for our yeah. demographic. Bill, what's yeah. your what's your comment? Okay, I listened to the, uh, the interview, and I don't know why you continually hammer about abortion and gay marriage. We've got a guy here that's been found in blackface like three different times. They asked him a question this morning, the river rafting thing where he had black face and apparently the shirt had bananas on, and he refused to answer the question. And, and this is what we do. We chase after Andrew uh, Shear. It, it goes from Doug Ford to Andrew Shear, oh, to Donald Trump. They're all Donald Trump. And you know what? You had that MVP woman on there, I think it is, that goes about the yellow vest, the racist. And Andrew Shear shared a stage with Faith Goldie. Uh, I mean, that's ridiculous. I've, I've never brought that up. And uh, no, no, he... no, she did. And she's calling. So these hardworking Albertans that drove their trucks at their own cost across Canada have been referred to by this woman. I never wear orange, but I'm an MVP as being racist. And, and you let that go. That's actually huh? very offensive. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know what you're referring to. We let what go? I don't think so. I've oh, never... And you know what? If you really want to draw it down to that line, uh, Marissa actually worked with Faith Goldie. So maybe that should disqualify her. A lot of people worked with Faith Goldie. Something happened to Faith Goldie mm-hmm. in the interim. Anyway, Bill, thanks for your call. We're going to move on to Nick in Toronto. Hi, Nick. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? Uh, not bad. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, Andrew Shear said he's going to get rid of the carbon tax. Well, what's he going to replace it with? And the other thing is, uh, w- when you talked to him, was that recorded earlier? Or yes, was that, that was... No, that was uh, that was recorded uh, at eleven thirty-five or so. So very shortly before air. Um, well, why, didn't I w- he, why didn't he hang around and answer questions? Well, that's uh, a, live on the air. That's that's a very good question. We have been uh, repeatedly asking his campaign to make him available to do that, and frankly, oh, oh, I, I don't like to pre-tape interviews. Even uh, that was like live to tape. We didn't make any edits in that. Uh, but uh, I prefer when people come on live, uh, for sure. And I also prefer when they take calls. You, you know, when, when the politicians, you know, give you 10-minute increment, we don't take calls at the time. But our first ask is always to have people come on live and stay long enough to talk directly to you. But they don't always comply. So there you oh. go. All he did was say, uh, you can't trust Trudeau, and then he, that's it. See you later. Well, well, yeah. Uh, Did he convince you that you can't trust Trudeau? Well, I don't trust him. Okay, there you go. (laughs) Okay. The thing is, though, what was my first question, though, what's he going to replace a carbon tax with? Well, he said that he will... climate change? Well, he said that he will tax the polluters or tax the pollution, uh, but stay tuned. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Nick, thanks for your call. Thank you. Okay, and we are unpacking what Andrew Scheer just told us in an interview that we ran at the top of the show. It was recorded at around 11.35, so it was pretty fresh, if not live. Uh, We're putting it to the test, both for numbers and believability. And interestingly, 
I thought there were a huge number of votes on the Zoomer vote poll over the weekend and uh, hugely for the liberals, 44% for the liberals versus 34% for the conservatives. Uh, Peter and David believed that there was some kind of campaign underway, Facebook post using similar language. So why don't you compare what happened to the Zoomer vote poll versus other polls? Yeah, and to be clear, it wasn't even 44-34. It was 80-20, which is why it's... No, no. For well, cumulatively forty-four. Yeah, cumulatively yeah. over the weekend yeah. itself was 80-20. Yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah, and so uh, my point is that if I look at the other aggregate polls, and if I look at Nanos, which is a daily tracking poll, there was about a three percent bump for the conservatives uh, at the expense of. Um, uh, a little bit the liberals, but a little bit gain for the for the NDP at the expense of liberals. And my feeling is that if you look going forward, the best that the liberals are going to do from this is to hold their own. Nobody's going to say I used to be ready to vote for Andrew Scheer, but because of this blackface, I'm going to that won't happen. Yeah. What could happen is people are going to say um I was leaning toward Trudeau, but now I'm going to vote for Jagmeet Singh. Because let's not forget, he held, he had his moment. The circumstances gave him a moment, and he seized it brilliantly. We still haven't had a head-to-head debate on national television where he's got a, a Trudeau's got to face Jagmeet Singh. So I think there's a lot more upside for the NDP. And I think the liberals will be doing well to hold their vote uh, going forward if that's the issue. Now, if there's other issues like policy issues and so on, Fair enough. But I don't think this is um, ever going to do them any good, for sure not. And uh, Peter, Mm -hmm. so there was a forum research poll that had them back tied. Right. Um, You know, the the bleeding of the liberal support will not go to the conservatives. It's just liberal liberal supporters don't vote conservative. It'll go to NDP. Um, I thought it would go to green, but green has dipped in the, in the last uh, polls. So it, it's clear that the conservatives aren't going to make up that much room by the liberals shedding voters. Uh, uh, really? Because if the, there are people who are centrists, say, they, you don't think that any of that uh, dropped liberal support would go there? I, I just don't. I, I see it very um, – I see the, the divisions between the two parties to – too drawn out to to have any sort of swing back and forth, and I and I think the liberals skew left, and and the voters will go left. They won't go right. There is there is one little uh, niche that I thought Sheer re- alluded to in his interview with you, Libby, and I'm theorizing that they're maybe testing what they're learning in the polls, which is that the real vulnerability of Trudeau in in political terms isn't so much, oh my God, I suddenly think he's a racist, as it is he's scolding everybody else. He's moralizing. Yeah, he right. wants a set of rules for himself that he's not willing to give anybody else, because if any other member of his party did this, they'd be out. For and, sure. And I think Sheer is hearing a little bit of this. And so his language on that one question where he said the the big thing is he wants he wants to skate, and he's not willing to let anybody else skate. Right. And that rubs a lot of people the wrong way uh, who might not normally vote conservative. Right. Okay, let's take a couple of calls. We've got Bob in Etobicoke. Hey, Bob. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? Yeah, not bad. Um, there's a lot of things that concerns me about the election. Um, I did hear Shear, and what I listened to him, I believe he believes in what he says. 
But what Trudeau, when you listen to Trudeau, you figure that, okay, he's got a prepared speech, speech prepared by somebody else. He's up there and he's saying what he's told to say. Where I think that when I listened to Shear, I was listening to Shear. I wasn't listening to something that he was reading that somebody else prepared. Like we know, they both have spin that, doctors, speech writers. Yeah. They're called uh, war rooms. <laughs> me- messengers. Know. Come on, they, they, they. Yeah, we speak to some of those people I'm here on a regular that basis. That somebody else didn't write it, but I think what he re- what he said was what he actually believes. Where with Trudeau, we know that he's not necessarily the one that makes policy. But my main concern is that. With, if Trudeau was to win and the Liberals were to win, virtually they're winning in Quebec and, and Ontario. The rest of the West won't have anything to do with them. So I still believe that there will possibly be a separation of the country. I think Alberta would probably join the United States. I think that's a, that's, that's, that's a, you've said that here before, Bob. I think, I I think on that one, perhaps you are a a party of one. (laughs) But thanks, thanks for your call. Let's go to Margaret in Whitby. Hello, Margaret. Well, hello, Libby. Well, I can, um, I'm sure Carp is quite happy with all the promises that Justin Trudeau is making. These are promises he's trying to buy your vote for blackface. So this is costing us a lot of money for his blackface uh, uh, problem that he has. Assuming he gets in and he makes good on the promises. Oh, promises? Tell me, what did he do for any carp? And I'm 75 myself. So what did he do for us in the last four years? Margaret. Except build up a whole pile of debt. And I don't know what for. Well, let I don't Marissa, know what he's done. Let, let Marissa oh, answer. I'm not here to be an advocate for the Liberal Party. CARP is a nonpartisan organization. Yes. Margaret, all I suggested was that an increase to OAS and CPP survivor benefit would be more significant to a low-income senior than, than an increase to the age credit. Um, some of the things the Liberals have done, well, for one, CARP was quite pleased to see that an actual ministry was created for seniors. Yeah, guess what? It was it was uh, Harper that brought in income splitting for seniors. It was Harper who brought in the $10,000 tax-free savings account for seniors. Both very oh, good mesh and, policy and, measures. And Trudeau lowered it to 5000 I think it's 6000 now. So, and you don't hold Justin Trudeau to answer any questions. It's, have you done what you did to Andrew Scheer this morning? Uh, well, I'm waiting for Trudeau to, to oh, respond and, he, and, and you're agree. going to hold him to answer a question. He's not answering any questions right now. They want to know if if there's any more. And you if- know, and you know what, Margaret? People people are taking note that he is not answering yeah. those questions, yeah. and uh, that's going to cut one way or another at the polls uh, mm-hmm. because people are noticing. And yes, he's in the midst of a scandal and he's limiting his appearances and making sure they're all pretty scripted and that he's wixed in and out and he's got people flooding our websites. So, you know, it's, <laughs> I say we, politics as usual. Yeah. We have invited the federal party leaders to the Zoomerplex for an open uh, town, you know, hall. town hall. Uh, stay tuned. 
We'll see yeah. if we hear back. He might well, need to do it now. So. Well, well, exactly. So, you know, I mean. He, he I, might some, need to do it or he might need not to do well, it. I, yeah. You know, I, I have to say this because especially since last week, I've had angry calls and emails for people who say I'm supporting Justin Trudeau. I've had angry calls <laughs> and emails from people who are saying I have a hate on for Justin Trudeau and I support someone else. You know, uh, my job is to hold them all to account, exactly. to put them to the test of truth. I am not partisan, just like CARP is not partisan. Uh, if people ask me about my personal opinions, I have over the years voted for all different parties for all different kinds of reasons. So, you know, uh, people hear these things through the lens of what they already believe. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, the key is, are people going to be changing their minds or which way are undecided people going to be going. And David, do you have any sense of that from the Zoomer vote poll? Well, what's interesting is that our undecideds have been running at 11%. Nanos is at 12%. Over the weekend, our undecided was 3%, which oh. further... further my theory that yeah, it was the brigade, as, yeah. as, yeah. as Peter called it. Is that like that, the squad? <laughs> <laughs> I think the squad, right? I, I think that the undecided vote, uh, uh, the biggest events that lie ahead are the debates. And we're going to see a head-to-head -head on camera confrontation, I think, between Jagmeet Singh and Justin Trudeau on this issue. Uh, Trudeau has answered only in uh, forums that he has controlled. I'm not criticizing him for that. But now he's going to be in a debate. He's going to have to give or take. And I think those are going to make or break uh, the campaign uh, when people see head-to-head uh, -head and then uh, the undecideds will it, break. Interesting. You're not saying he's going head-to-head -head with Andrew Scheer, but with Jagmeet well, Singh. Well, because who I think Andrew Scheer from a pure political necessity, but also shrewdness, has kind of stayed out. He said, look, this is what it is. I'm condemning it. But uh, he doesn't have that same personal, uh, visceral eloquence, I think, around it that Singh did. And, you know, the old maxim, don't interrupt your uh, enemy when he's making a mistake. I think it was Napoleon. Yeah. <laughs> Sheer is wise to keep in the background and to focus on the hypocrisy angle. Uh, Singh can really come with some damage on the personal mm -hmm. uh, racist angle. And I think uh, it's going to be very hard for Trudeau to deal with that. Before we get back to the phones, Peter, do you think that Singh is playing it the right way? Trudeau has reached out, said he wants to personally apologize to Singh. And Singh said, sure, if it's private, but not if this is going to be turned into something the liberals use. Right. And, and I think that's what Trudeau wanted. If he had done it privately, if he had called him, if he had met him, there, he had ample opportunity. They've been in the same province. Um, he, he could have done it quietly. Instead, he, cho he chose again to do it you know, as a PR stunt, I think. And uh, and I think that'll backfire. And I, I think Singh did the right thing by refusing to, to sort of play along with the liberal uh, photo op. Okay, uh, let's hear from Janet in Barrie. Hello, Janet. Hello. Um, first of all, you were asking which leader I trust. Well, I totally trust Jagmeet Singh. Okay. Uh, he's open, he's honest, he's not bashing these other people. You, a minute ago, you were saying about... Oh, how he's swinging the thing. I don't think he swings the thing. I think he's a genuine article. Mm -hmm. um, as far as Andrew Scheer goes, well, for starters, Harper was the worst prime minister we've ever had. Um, now we've got, you know, his little monkeys 
Shear and Kenny, um, you know, doing their thing. Um, we see what the Conservatives are doing in Ontario. The cuts they make are hurting all the vulnerable people. Our health care system's in a mess. Um, you know, he's uh, one of these people that is totally a Conservative, and Conservatives make cuts, and they don't worry about who it hurts as long as it doesn't hurt the wealthy. Okay, Janet, thanks for that. Yeah. Teresa in Etobicoke. Hi, Teresa. Hello, Libby. Uh, I just called in because I thought I'd mention something that I saw on, um, uh, this was on, I believe it was probably last Thursday, on TV. It was either CTV or CBC News. They had a little clip. Uh, it has to do with the black face, brown face for Trudeau. Mm-hmm. And there was a picture with two Sikhs, one on either side, one of those pictures, also with Trudeau in the middle. Well, that was the picture. That was the picture that, that made the, yeah. the scandal from uh, from Point Grey Academy. Okay, I just wanted to mention that they had a clip of one of the Sikhs actually was on camera, and they asked him about it because he was in the picture with Trudeau. Okay, somebody who was at that party, yes. Yeah, he was in the clip on either oh, side of okay, Trudeau. Okay, yes. Okay, uh, he was one of the two Sikhs that was on that exact picture. And he said, well, he said there was nothing offensive about it at the time. Nobody felt bad about it. Everybody felt good, you know. It was all in, in fun. And, and basically, that's the, the tone. He said nobody objected. There was We didn't get any bad press about it. There was nothing at the time that was bad about it. So, and your point is? The point is that I think, I think probably because he was in costume, um, I had a little feeling about it after, about when I when I saw that, I thought, you know, if you dress up in a costume sometimes, uh, why not think of it, there's a little positive spin you could have at it, why not think of it as the person that's doing it, there's being creative, they go, went a little okay, far with maybe okay, makeup, Teresa, and then also... We're, we're, you're taking a, a little bit, we, we're, we have to get to a few of the calls, so you're saying that it was costume, it doesn't bother you, I, I, I get that. Let us go to Louise in Etobicoke. Uh, Louise, are you there? Hello? Yep. Yep. Go ahead. You're on the air. Thank you. Libby, you know what I want to ask is the Panama Papers were released a few years ago, and it was discovered that there were hundreds of millions of dollars in taxes that had been um, uh, diverted from Canada, and it was part of the Panama Papers. Now, Canada was about the only country that did not release the names and really expose people, right. to be honest. And I went through the Internet, and I looked at the... the, the there is a listing of uh, names and companies for the Panama Papers, and... A message has been sent to CRA asking. Okay, why what, what, what's the, what's your what's your comment? So we, my we, po- my point is, we're searching for, we're wondering if we reduce um, the taxes for the lower income and reduce the the uh, carbon tax, where the money will come from. Like, are we going to run more debt? And my answer is no. That if we collect the money owing and put it back into where it belongs back into the taxes uh, that 
They're having trouble collecting the money Mm. owing. But uh, yeah, if we collected all the money that the government is owed, that would be a source of a lot of a lot of money. And uh, today, Andrew Scheer also, among other things, announced looking into money laundering in the real estate market, which would probably be a useful thing if it's (laughs) if it's not just another probe that goes on forever. And we have been reacting to what we heard from Andrew Shear in his interview with me today that took place just before we went to air. We've opened the phone lines to hear from you. Uh, are you worried by the blackface scandal? It looks like the Zoomer vote on our websites were flooded with liberal operatives <laughs> casting many, many ballots. Brigade. Uh, it's for, the brigade of liberals. The brigade of liberals as opposed to the squad. <laughs> <laughs> and and flooding the website, so it's hard to know what to make of those results. Let's take a couple of calls. We've got Brian and Mimico. Hey, Brian. Hi, Libby. Yeah, you're certainly right about the liberals got their forces uh, mobilized to call in talk shows and everything else. And, you know, just like father, like son, Justin is just like daddy. I'm sure his dad told him, listen, go into a campaign, lie through your teeth. Then after the election, do what you want, just like I did. Because, uh, like when he railed about, Pierre railed against Robert Stanfield for wanting to bring in wage and price controls. Oh no, they're evil. I'd never do that. That's the first thing he did once he got elected. Okay, yep, you're you're yep. reminding us of of that stuff. And Brian, I have to make the point. Brian is a frequent caller and. He's pretty conservative. He's never supported liberals. Read between the lines. Read between the lines. Thanks for that, Brian. Appreciate your call. (laughs) Okay, let's go to Susan in Toronto. Hi, Susan. Yeah, hi. Um, I'm just uh, calling to comment on, uh, I think, the way I perceive Trudeau. I think, you know, first of all, I think he was elected because uh, because of his family name, his dad's name. He had no really much experience in the workforce other than being a supply teacher in drama from time to time. No, he wasn't a supply teacher. He was a full-time teacher at Point Grey. Uh, okay. Are you sure about yes, that? Yes, I'm sure about that. Okay, I'm going to check that statistics. I'm not sure about that. But anyway, um, and then, you know, I, I sat in the gallery when when they were presenting the budget speech and the, and the whole S&C Lavalin um, questions were flying and I was pretty shocked at, at the arrogant kind of flippant behavior of, of Trudeau and the woman that sits beside him. I don't can't remember her name. I think she's about thirty five. It was like watching a couple of high school kids. What was it? Was Christia so, Freeland? She's older than thirty five. The foreign minister. I don't think she's the foreign minister. Okay, well, for him when he doesn't speak, and they just kept repeating the same thing, and then the whole you know thing with. More no, and that's more arrogant, having done that before already and leaking the budget speech. So I just, you know, I felt when he was elected, his promises were really great. And I think Canadians felt, oh, this is a young, honest, you know, guy that's going to change things. And I think, you know, whether you voted liberal or you didn't, I think you are very disappointed in what's been going on. Not, I mean, every politician doesn't, you know, do everything that they say they're going to do, and we understand that there's parameters. So, uh, so has this whole thing has this whole thing made you change your vote, Susan? 
Um, I didn't vote for him before. Um, I think I will probably vote for Andrew Shear because he's also young. I think he has good ideas. I think, um, you know, people bash business a lot, but we all know that small businesses create more jobs for people than it, than large businesses. And so I think to support small businesses in this country is very important. Okay, and to Susan. create an environment where you're attracting business as well. Okay, Susan, so, thank and, you. And he's also showing things about the environment, which is very current. It's a real concern to me. I did my thesis on it. Okay, Susan. Thank so you I, for, I, Susan, we're running out of time on the show. Thanks for your call. Um, so uh, we haven't heard much from people who are actually changing their mind because of this. <laughs> no, David? That's true. But you think that it's going to have a huge impact. Well, I, I feel if I look at the undecideds at 11% in our overall poll, not the weekend, if I look at 12% undecideds or uh, nanos, um, and I look at the debates coming, my uh, prediction, and I'm willing to be, you know, we're guessing here, we don't yeah. know. I do think that it's, it's certainly going to deny the liberals, I think, a majority, and I believe it's going to cost them uh, the government, because I think that in the end, the combination of attacks from a racial point of view from somebody like a Jagmeet Singh and the double standards point of view, here's a guy that would kick out anybody that did the same thing. And he wants a set of rules for him that this is what's going to be said about him. It's not necessarily what I'm saying. But I think there's not much growth there. It's not like you're going to rally around him and move from the conservatives. They're going to hold what they've got. The NDP will grow, I believe. And I believe it'll and be that enough. does favor the conservatives. I believe if the, the NDP classic grows. conservative strategy is that the better Just the, the NDP does, the better the conservatives do. Yeah. So that's my uh, wild guess, but it is based, I think, on a reasonable interpretation of uh, what might happen going forward. And Marissa, are CARP members, do you think, going to vote their pocketbook? And from what you're saying, it, it sounds like up until now, the liberal pocketbook offering is richer, though Andrew Shear did say, wait, we're going to hear more. I think as sort of we've expressed earlier, CART members vote based on a whole different range of issues. Within the 6 million Canadians that are seniors, there are subgroups of 1.2 million of them are still working. 1 million people over the age of 65 are caregivers. So I think it within our group of uh, seniors in this country, I think that there are a whole host of issues they care about. I think healthcare is number one, as we saw in the last CARP survey. Healthcare is a real issue for, for aging Canadians, and they'd like to see more from each of the federal parties about what they're prepared to do about it. So I think, I mean, obviously, financial security and retirement is core. 64% of CARP members have expressed concerns about outliving their savings in retirement. But again, I think it needs to be a wholesome approach to how we're going to deal with an aging demographic that they care about, not just, you know, as David said, check off a box and expect to court the Well, yeah, vote. and it does It does seem to be a whole patchwork of things. I mean, makes our job a little harder. You have mm -hmm. to kind of put it all together, you know, take right. out the calculator, exactly. add it up and see uh, what are the gaps. Um, you know, I'm not sure how intentional that is. Sometimes people are looking at what's already there and what's missing and, and you know, rather than ripping it all up, they put in a little bit of caulking to plug the hole. Mm -hmm, exactly. Sure. Yeah. And, and seniors are completely aware of that. So I think, a, as I've said, a national senior strategy is is key. Okay. And Peter? 
Well, you know, I, I, I sort of disagree or disagree with David. I, I don't think the liberals are going to lose the election based on this. I, I think our poll this weekend, as skewed as it is, it just shows that the um, the liberals can get organized and get the vote out. Ah, true. And, Good point. Excellent point. So if there's anything we can read into that, I, I think that's it. And, um, you know, they might uh, drop from a majority to a minority, but I think they're going to remain in government. Okay, so we have two opposite predictions, uh, and uh, I'm just thinking, like, am I going to let you change your predictions uh, over time as we head through the election campaign, or or should we put money on this right away? Uh, I'm not encouraging gambling. Uh, That is just about all the time we have for Fight Back for today. People, we have our crack strategy panel tomorrow, so if I couldn't get to your call today, please call back tomorrow. Uh, especially if your views have changed because of all this or maybe because of anything you've heard here today. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.